Knowledge plus application equals wisdom. Wisdom is produced by the application of knowledge. Wisdom is produced by the application of knowledge. You can have knowledge. And so today, we're going to jump into Genesis 14, verse 11 through 24. All right, so it says, The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. Then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. A man who had escaped came and reported this to Abraham the Hebrew. Now Abraham was living near the great trees of Mamre, the Amorite, a brother of Ishkol and Aner, all of whom were allied to Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative, Lot, and his possessions, together with the women and the other people. After Abram returned from defeating Ketileomer and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shiva, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, With raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not accept nothing, I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread of the strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to Aner, Ishkol, and Mamre. Let them have. Today, I am burdened to speak to you to, uh, from the subject of the art of self-control. The art of self-control. First thing, Devin, thank you, brother. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> the last time I spoke, I forgot. <laughs> Um, the art of self-control. So self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? And the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of you being endowed with the Spirit of God. Right? So self-control is the ability to control oneself, particularly one's emotions and desires, or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations, right? And so the fruits of the Spirit is what differentiates you from a believer and a non-believer. If you have accepted Christ, you love God, and the Holy Spirit is within you, you will display these fruits, right? And so the full list is the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Um, when I was four, my biological father was murdered on my birthday. And I grew up with a lot of anger. I was upset with God because I don't know what my dad's voice sounded like. I'm upset with him because, or I was upset with him, because of the decisions he made. His decisions brought him to a point where I don't know him. So I grew up mad. And everybody felt the wrath of my anger. I'm, I'm fighting. I'm disobedient to my mother. I'm fighting my mother. I'm fighting my stepfather. I'm, I'm, I can't be controlled. I'm, I'm angry. And my mom told me one day I was in practice. My anger showed up. I didn't cussed out my coach. <laughs> I didn't threw all my equipment on the floor. And I'm walking off. And my mom, she got me right real quick. And then she came to me and she told me, your anger is keeping you from being able to think. You can't think when you're frustrated. And you're being, you're being controlled by this emotion. And I'm afraid that one day you're going to end up somewhere you don't belong because you got mad. And... That like, that got me because it's like, it was one decision that piled on another decision that led to my dad dying the way that he did. And it's being controlled by these emotions, not being able to regulate that, even in a difficult situation, right? That's self-control. And it, it, it makes me think about it's an analogy now, but when I started driving, my dad, my, my pops, my stepdad, who is my dad, uh, he told me, if you ever get lost, you don't know how to get home, go 85 Greenville. You in Atlanta, go 85 Greenville, you're going to get to a spot where you know. Just go 85 Greenville. Don't deviate, don't go nowhere else. 85 Greenville going to bring you here. Lo and behold... I'm in Atlanta doing stuff I shouldn't be doing, <laughs> and I'm lost. And it was the knowledge of my dad that seemingly brought him in the car with me, go 85 North, Greenville. And the whole time I'm driving on the highway, because you know, when you get downtown, 75 and 85 come together. So I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I see 85 Greenville and I see 75. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm on the right road. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I, Atlanta's dangerous. I don't know what's about to happen. I could run out of gas if I'm lost too long. I hear my dad, 85 North Greenville. I keep driving. Keep going. And then I pass Briarcliff. Then I pass Spaghetti Junction. Then I'm like, hold on, this, this is looking familiar. I'm getting somewhere, and then I get to uh, Steve Reynolds. Then I get to 316. I know where I'm at. I'm three X's away. What's up? Let's go. I'm home. But if I, had, 
if I had let me being anxious, if I had let me being fearful, if I had let me being worried about not getting home deviate me, I would have been more lost. So it took self-control to stay on this road, to keep my head here. This is 85 North. It goes here. If I'm in this lane, it goes here. I just got to follow this road. I can't look up. It was, it was me taking his information and applying it, staying on the highway that made me act in wisdom. And so with wisdom, if you're wise with your uh, schedule or your time, you have a schedule and you stick to it. That's important. If you're wise with your finances, you have a budget and you stick to it. Right? That's the key. But you stick to it without evidence, with or without evidence. I'm going to say it again. You stick to it with or without evidence. Why? Because the knowledge you have gained has given you wisdom. You are practical with it, and you are exercising it with or without evidence. Right? So in Genesis 14, backstory. Five kings against four. This is what we skipped. It's confusing. <laughs> Five kings against four. King Ketileomer has reigned for 12 years. In the 13th year, the king of Sodom and his allies, the four kings, rebelled. In the 14th year, King Ketileomer said, I'm going to teach you a lesson, and he declared war. The whole coast, he completely routed. And now... On Abram, right in the midst of something he, he didn't look for, he didn't ask for, he had no part of, but he's there, right? So Genesis 14, 11 through 13, the four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. Then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew, Lot, and his possessions since he was living in Sodom, a man who had escaped, came and reported this to Abram the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the great trees of Mamer, the Amorite, a brother of Ishkal and Aner, all of whom were allied with Abram. Now, the beauty in this portion of scripture takes uh, understanding of history of Abram because the promise of God is being fulfilled. And it's being fulfilled because the scripture, the text, refers to Abram as Abram the Hebrew, which is a title. It's no different than Pastor Joel. Before planting Core Church, he was Joel Leggett. Now, people know him affectionately as Pastor Joel. Right? There's, there's a level of known to his name. In, in Genesis 12, God said, I'll make you a great nation. I will make your name great. So people know who Abram is. Abram is not referring to himself as Abram, the Hebrew. Others are. So up to, de to decipher who he is, they give him a title. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. Right? That title means something. That, that you somebody now. Right? So in Hebrew... In this text right here, it just means uh, to cross or the one who is crossed over. So a nomadic man who goes from here and there is now known to the people who, where he's gone here and there. 
right? That's the, so that's, that, that, can, that gives you some excitement looking at it hindsight that God is faithful to his doing what he said he was going to do. But it's, it also shows you that Abram has no idea he's just there. And that's my first point. Growth is silent. Growth is silent. A tree doesn't yell, I'm growing. A flower doesn't proclaim, I'm blooming. It just does. Growth is silent. And you're going to be in your growth, in your moment, in your period, and you're going to be like, man, God, I'm, I'm still messing up. I'm still doing this. I'm still struggling with this. I'm still, I'm still, but growth is silent. You're growing. You just don't feel it. And the evidence of growth, yeah, yeah. The evidence of growth is a finished product. But you ain't finished. Right? So now let's go back. Why my heart feels so heavy is because I have walked 10 years believing I'm not growing. I have walked 10 years believing that I was a finished product. But I'm not. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting wiser. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better follower of Christ. I'm a better man. Why? Because I didn't look up. And the times when I did look up, it was a snare. It caught me. Right? Growth is silent. And the, the, like I said, the time I did look up, it caught me. That's an example of lacking self-control. I know I got to keep my head down. I know, for okay, example, me and Tiff, my wife, we like bowling, right? She ain't that good, but I love her. <laughs> hey, look, fruit to the spirit, I love her. <laughs> no, no, she's good, she's good. Uh, but it was one time in particular that uh, the bumpers were up. And if you're not familiar with bowling, is is bumpers on the side to keep the ball from going in the gutter. And we didn't ask for that. Well, that's that's disrespectful to a bowler. <laughs> and the bumpers are up, but we having a ball because it don't matter how I throw. It don't. It doesn't matter if my I like spinning the ball. She likes throwing it straight. Doesn't matter if my spin is off three quarters to the right. I'm gonna hit the bumper. And I'm going to hit a pin. Right? That's the act of wisdom. My budget is a bumper for my money. My schedule is a bumper for my time. And my self-control is a bumper for my soul. We find Lot somewhere he ain't supposed to be. In, in Genesis 13, 13, it says, Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. 13, now the people of Sodom were wicked 
and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Fast forward, chapter 14, verse 12. They also carried off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. He chose the valley of the Jordan. He wasn't, he, the reason why they separated was because their herdsmen were, were fighting. If, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a herdsman in Woodruff Park in Atlanta by the old Coca-Cola building letting his cows graze. Not going to see it. Why? Because it's out of place. He's, you're not supposed to, if you are wise with what is in your hands, I, I got to put what God has given me in the right place to thrive, right? The city of Sodom filled with people. Think, really think about the city of Atlanta. Where, where do you see farmers? Nowhere. But why is he in the city? Some, the Bible doesn't say. But something, it, I, I believe it's safe to say that something caught his eye and drew him closer and closer to the city. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. The act of wisdom, again, is the good management of talent and resources. Here's the point. Selfishness pulls us from wisdom and leads to mistakes. I, I have never done this, but I, I don't put it past me doing it. Going to get a pair of Jordans that just released, and there's a responsibility I got to take care of. Right? That's a mistake. I can't do that. I, I got two babies that need snacks, formula, clothes. My youngest daughter is 10 months. She in a 2T. I, I can't get the J's. They're going to have to wait. <laughs> have to wait. And, and in this climate, I, I'm, I'm probably, depending on the release, I'm never going to get them. Because they might be $1,400, $1,500. The act of wisdom is limiting selfishness so that I do not make a mistake. Wisdom would be, for Lot, fortifying himself in what God has placed in his hands, staying in the valley. You also know that the city of Sodom is very wicked. So why go? Right? And so that's the example of lacking self-control. So let's see self-control in, in action. Genesis 14, 14 through 16. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the, during the night, Abram divided his men, attacked them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hoba, north of Damascus. He recovered all and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. Abram calls out 318 trained men. He has no evidence of a war. He has no enemy. Yet 
he has trained 318 men with the sword to protect what God has put in his hands. And it says, born in his household. That's a hint that this, he didn't just start doing this. He's been training them. We're, we're now looking at 20 years after he left his father. So he's been training men when, in, with the sword when they're ready to protect what God has put in his hands. He's prepared himself for the opportunity of war before the opportunity of war has shown itself. We can go deeper and look at it. If he has to take his 318 men, he has to leave his herds. He has to leave his livestock, his possessions, his wife. So then he also has to prepare somebody to take his spot while he's gone. This is preparation. This is wisdom. This is self-control because I can imagine myself looking at this like, I ain't got no enemies. What am what I'm, what I'm doing this for? Why, why, why would I continue to train year after year men born in my home for war and they're, I, I'm not part of Sodom? I'm, 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 out, I'm out here. I don't have to do that. But that wouldn't be wise. That wouldn't be taking care of what God put in his hands. So what the, the thought is what you are doing or excuse me, what you want must match what you're doing. Right, I'm going to say it again. What you want must match what you're doing. If I want to lose weight, am I eating burgers and fries every day? Nah, I'm not. Because if I am, I don't really want to lose weight. I want the burger and fries. And it's okay. I'm, trust me, I'm guilty. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I love a honey lemon pepper wing. Okay? It, it speaks to my soul. Hey, hallelujah. Sha ba ba ba. But I, but I, 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 I want to live a long life. A, a, a diet of burgers and wings every day ain't going to do it. It's not the journey. <laughs> this ain't the road I'm on. I got off 85. <laughs> right? So I did, some, I did some research. Couple facts. Abram's house is approximately 1,000 people. He approximately has 1,000 people in his house, 1,000 people in his hand. And Dan is about 125 miles away from where he is. So he, he travels on foot. Because it don't say he had a horse, so I'm assuming it was on foot. He travels 125 miles in one direction, defeats the king, and brings everything back another 125 miles. This wasn't a short trip. This trip can't be made without the proper things in place. We will absolutely fall, fail stumble without self-control. And now, now Abram has recovered his nephew, the women, and the other people, and he's returning. After Abram returned from defeating Ketelomer and, and the king's allied with him, 
the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shiva. That is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Uh, fun fact, Melchizedek is Tiffany's favorite person in the Bible. Um, <laughs> uh, but with, with reason, because Melchizedek, is, he's, he's mysterious. This is the only place we see Melchizedek in, in the text, other than him being referenced to. So his appearance, this is the only place, but him being referenced to, uh, he, he is referenced later. But the significance of him is he's a king and a priest. You, according to the Levitical law, you cannot be a king and a priest. And then, the, what I referenced earlier, Melchizedek, Jesus is a king and priest in the order of Melchizedek. So, we starting to understand the significance of this man, right? And he brings out bread and wine. This is a covenant meal. So, something big is about to happen. Something, there's a response from God coming, right? And another example, kings don't come out to just meet anybody. This is a, and he's higher than the king of Sodom because he's a king and a priest. He is an honorable man. I'm not going to the governor's ball and knocking on the door and saying, hey, this is James, I'm here for dinner. (laughs) I can't, I ain't getting in though. So Abram is, his, his, his name, his, his popularity is growing with this, with this act he just completed. With the covenant meal and Melchizedek coming, it's similar to uh, God breaking the heavens when Jesus was baptized and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is a declaration that Melchizedek is making. Hey, Abram, blessed be Abram by God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, and who has given your enemies into your hands. And then, so this is knowledge that Abraham is getting. He didn't know, he, he didn't have this before he left. And so Abram responds with a tenth of everything. He's, in that time, and historically, if you plundered anything, you could, it's yours now. Right? So these people were taken from Sodom by King Keliomer. Abram comes and takes them. Now they're Abram's people. They're a part of Abram's tent. And Abram gives a tenth of all the goods that he gave. There is no self-control without sacrifice. You, 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 can't, you can't have it and have it. You won't have it and have it. It don't work that way. And if you decide to try and have it and have it, you'll lose both. Right? Because it's, I can't, I can't say, oh, man, my marriage is great, but I come home every night at 2 a.m. Right, right. That ain't going to work, player. <laughs> that ain't going to work. I can't say, oh, man, I love my job. I'm, I'm greatly employed, and I clock in at 4.30 and leave at 5. 
That ain't going to work. You're going to have to control yourself. You're going to have to sacrifice some time. You're going to have to sacrifice some desires. You're going to have to sacrifice some responses. Yeah, hey, Shabbat. <laughs> now, this is our second example of wisdom with Abram. He gains knowledge. He does something with it. Uh, this made me think about myself. And I'm do like Joe and pick on myself for a minute. I went to school, went to college, I went to Georgia State. For exercise. Hey, come on now. Yes, Lord. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> I went to college for exercise science and kinesiology, and I studied nutrition. The question I asked myself, I said, James, myself said, huh? <laughs> Was, if you know this, why are you overweight? Hey, James, if you studied this and you understand this, why doesn't your physique represent your knowledge? I dropped the ball. Then dropping the ball. And that, that, that's, a, that's a hard thing to, like, to have that conversation with yourself. It's that burger and fries with a side of lemon pepper wings. <laughs> Lack of self-control. No, I... I, I'm, I'm not sacrificing. I'm, I'm giving in to that immediate need. There's a financial uh, wisdom piece that says if you want to buy something, wait a week. And if you still want to buy it after that week, get it. But if you don't want to buy it after that week, then it was just, it was, it was a moment. Because what, what happens is once you don't have something and you look at it and you're like, oh, man, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. But then you're like, oh, I don't have it. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, well, I don't need it. So there is no self-control without sacrifice. I, I, I feel like I need to say it. I wasn't going to say it, but I feel like I need to say it. I don't want to come off as if I'm beating myself up. Right? I just, I've gained knowledge that I've had knowledge and I've done nothing with it. And so now with that knowledge, I can change. This is the silent growth. Right? This is where you don't see that you're growing. All I see is I'm presently big boy. That's what I see. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, I don't look like what I know. But then that thought cascades to another one, and now I'm off 85. I did, because I, I didn't control on, this thing up here. I didn't control my mind. The fruits of the Spirit is self-control, peace, love, I, and I don't have it within me. I have to utilize the gift that God has given me. And, and in my 10 years in reflection this week, I realized that self-control is a muscle that has to be built. And you don't build a muscle without breaking it. You, you, you don't become more nimble and able to do things without working it. I, I can't expect to go run a 4-3-40 in the NFL combine and I'm not fast. I don't run. 
I don't stretch. I, it, there's, there's, there's things I got to do. And I'm, I'm, so knowledge plus application equals wisdom. Knowledge plus application equals wisdom. Knowledge <laughs> plus application equals wisdom. Wisdom is produced by the application of knowledge. You can, by, by what I just said, you can have knowledge and do nothing with it. But you cannot have wisdom. It, it can't be the other way. You know what I'm saying? You, knowledge can be present and there's no wisdom, but you, wisdom can't be present and there's no knowledge. And so... We go on to another response of Abram. Genesis 14, 21 through 24. The king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, with a raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not, I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram. Such a boss statement. That's such a boss statement. You will never be able to, you, you, I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to confuse this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the same knowledge I got just now. I'll never let you say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with them to Aner, Ishkal, Mamer, let them have their share. Like I said, historically, these people are in Abram's hand. So technically, the king of Sodom ain't the king of Sodom no more. It's Abram. He's recovered everything that this man has lost. So Abram, he has the ability and the right to decide what he will do with his goods. And the, the example of self-control is... Hey, bless you. <laughs> Abram has denied the ability to make himself a great nation. The, I'm going to say it again. These people are in Abram's possession. He already has a thousand people in his home. He has, with the information he just got from Melchizedek, he has denied the opportunity to grow his tent which, what I researched, there's approximately estimated to be 50,000 people inside them. This is, this is significant. This is, this is the greatest example of self-control. To, to refuse power? To have, to have power and, and authority in your hands and say, God, this is yours. To, to deny yourself what you see. My name's about to be great. I'm about to, I'm about to be a leader of a great nation. No. Blessed be Abram by God most high. Possessor of heaven and earth. God possesses this. I'm going to give you a tithe of everything that I've owned. Everything that has come up. I'm going to give you this because you deserve this. This belongs to you. And uh, the king of Sodom you take all of this back. 
because I won't give you the opportunity. This glory belongs to God. There is strength in denying power. There is strength in denying opportunity. Every door that's open ain't a good door. There, look, you know how many exits is on 85 before I get to mine? You want 105, 104, 120, exit 5, other highways, 316, 400. You got a whole bunch of options. You got a whole bunch of opportunities, but what are you going to do? Like a city without walls is a man without self-control. You... And, and, and I keep saying you, but I'm really talking to me. You know, I'm, I'm really speaking to me because, I again, 10 years, and I'm, I look at it, and I'm, I'm in the weeds. All I see is mistakes. And me looking at my, my mistakes, gauging my mistakes, examining my mistakes, instead of keeping my eyes towards the mark. I'm on, I'm on a road. I'm looking for Jesus. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this exit that I took. I'm looking at my rerouting of the GPS. I'm, I'm looking at the time growing because I made a wrong turn. I missed my light. I got caught in traffic. Ways tried to take me another way, but I thought I knew. Wow. Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it's folly. Self-control and staying on this road requires understanding of the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God states again, blessed be Abram of God, by God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. That is the sovereignty of God. God owns and operates everything justly, righteously, and perfectly. You ain't late. You in a process. Growth is silent. I, years ago, I can't remember how many, I realized, it might have been 2018, so five years after me accepting Christ, I knew I was a pastor. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> hey, that's a joke. <laughs> I should do stand-up comedy. Because I wasn't a pastor. And it wasn't until I got here and I got real close to Joel and I saw what it takes. I don't know if y'all know, but Joel doesn't go out on Saturdays. Why? Because there's what I just felt yesterday is there's a heaviness. There's a weight. There's a, there's a burden that God has given him for the week, and he has to give it to you effectively and efficiently every single Sunday because you're in his hands. What you choose to do next in your relationship with God, he's responsible for. What you understand about God, he is responsible for. What you don't know, what you do know, he and, and, and what he chooses to do with it, 
he's accountable for. That, if you don't know, is heavy, it's uncomfortable, and it's 52 weeks of the year. 365 days. Joe has came and got me and Tiffany from the hospital. He's resting at home eating dinner, and he's came and got us and put on his pastor hat. Tiff, Tiff is struggling with anxiety, and she's winning in the name of Jesus. And we were in the process of moving after we almost went on our own desires and moved to California. Yeah, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, because, because in this moment and right now, I can't do this without y'all. I can't be somewhere by myself not, not having what I need to fill my bride. And it's not because I'm not trying. It's because community is the life of the relationship with God. So we need that. I, I need to be able to pull on my brother. I need to be able to pull on Fern. I need to be able to depend on Devin. I have to be able to call Patrick. There are men in my life that have been so instrumental to my silent growth. Christian Lewis, Patrick Dunlap, Kyle Buck, Louis Espino, Joe Leggett. I am not the father, the husband, the follower of Christ. The man, without these men holding me up. And all they did was point me to self-denial. They pushed me towards self-denial. They told me, you got to have self-control. When, when my marriage was falling apart, Patrick told me, you got to tighten up. You, whatever happens, you got to take it on the chin and you got to stand there. Lewis told me what you want to do in your life, your life, your aspirations, your career choices, that takes second place to your family. Christian told me ain't nobody going to pray for your family but you. Joel told me if you're going to lead, you need a routine. If you're going to be a mighty man of God, you got to have bumpers. I don't go out on Saturday. Because I got something to do. And he said it. I thought he was tripping. <laughs> I was like, man, a God. What is, what is going to dinner on Saturday going to do? Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not focused on... On the hundred hearts that's in my hand. I can't, I can't do everything everybody does. I can't be everywhere everybody is. There is no self-control without sacrifice. The greatest 
thing that I've seen in this scripture is that, and I have evidence for it, that Abram did all of this for 20 years, pursued King Ketelioma, rejected the opportunity to be great, and he was doubtful. He was doubtful. Devin, y'all can come up. Genesis 15, 1 and 2. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. In other words, God, you have shown me nothing. What, what, what can I depend on? I st- it's 20 years. I still don't have a kid. I just gave up a kingdom. I'm being diligent. I've trained 318 men for a moment like this I didn't know was coming. But I'm still childless. And in my heart work for this scripture, I, I, I felt the Lord tell me, and I'm going to tell you, don't look up. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's folly. Don't look up. You're scared, and you have right to be, but don't look up. Nothing is working out the way that you thought it would, but don't look up. You're in a losing position. Don't look up. Don't look up. Here's here's the the crux of it all. The promise will not work without self-control. Don't look up. I have looked up for 10 years. And even in my looking up, I'm here. But if I focus, if I, if I put my, art, my eyes towards the market, my high calling, if I focus on Jesus, if I focus on what he said, his promises, if I focus on what I know of him, he's a man of his word, he shall not lie, nor shall he repent. If I focus and I beat my body and I bring it into subjection, I won't be considered a castaway. I'm... I, I, There is no, the promise will not work without self-control. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for today. I thank you that growth is silent. We are growing. I thank you that our hearts are full and we've gained the knowledge to move deeper and more 
into what you are calling us to do. Lord, I thank you that as we are on this road that we walk, that we won't look at stones that people may throw, that we won't look at flowers that people may throw. We won't pick any of it up. Because the only thing that matters is you. The, the reward is you for a permanent possession. So God, we thank you that you are our great reward. You are our great prize. So Lord, give us the wisdom to understand that it's all about you. You deserve every praise. You deserve every worship. You deserve every declare of your name. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the reward. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Jesus' name we pray.